Welcome back to He's Abroad. This is Jason here in Brooklyn, joined as always by John, who's abroad in New Zealand. What's going on, John? It's been a long time, people. We apologize. Has been a long time. A lot of life things Um, have have been going on. Yeah, I was going to say, any... uh, any any major life changing uh, decisions or events have happened in the last uh, three weeks since we've recorded? Two, I would argue. The first one is or probably the, the the first one is obviously the more important one, which is I am happily engaged. Me and Alice, Ooh, Mazel Tov, have, have 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 decided to. Well, she decided, right? Because you just ask. <laughs> you ask, and then yeah. the other person has to make the decision. As in, ooh, I was fearing you would ask this question, and actually, my answer is no. But that's not what happened. Alice very <laughs> happily said yes, and yeah. So uh, now is the part that I think probably stresses most people out when it's like, oh, do you actually plan for a wedding, or do you just go to a courthouse and sign a document and just disappoint all your family and friends who want a party at your expense? Got to figure <laughs> it out. Well, but isn't the whole point, isn't the whole point of a gift, like to kind of offset that expense? Now granted, if you're, once it becomes a destination wedding, then things get off the table and no matter which way you cut it, at least a chunk of your party, unless you do two and two and you're like, no out of town guests because we need to get our shit back. (laughs) So like what I'll say to this though, and maybe this is because we're we're both a little older, right? If I was in my 20s. Yeah. Right. Like if I was in my early twenties, a hundred percent. Right. And this is probably where a lot of that comes from. Where, great, you're you're just out of university, or you're just back from a war. <laughs> like let's go back to World War Two, and you're in your twenties, and you find the dam in your life. And you need you need help getting started. Right. Like you need help to furnish a house. You need help to buy pots and pans and popcorn makers and all the other stuff that you put on a but wedding. Get into the registry. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's but ridiculous. That's, but but that, that that's my point though. Right. Like I think that's where yeah. it started from. But now, and I would say this is probably pretty consistent of people actually pretty much having formed life, as in like you've become a full, I'm a full adult at this point, right? Sure. And it's like, I don't really need anything. Like, thanks, yeah. but my, my life's pretty good. I'm very privileged. I've, I've been very successful career-wise career, career and work-wise. I, I don't kind of need your popcorn maker. I'd much rather you donate that money to some worthy cause on my behalf. Right. Like, and that's what a lot of people do, actually. They go, well, don't actually give us the money. Give it, you know, hey, we're going to start a charity fund for our wedding or for our renewal of vows. And you just put the money there. We don't we don't need pots and pans and popcorn makers. Just put the money to a good cause. But I mean, that's kind of a, a wedding was I would assume was more formed towards that when it was first started, right? It's very young people. People used to get married way earlier than we do now because now, you know, all the things that are going on in the news are why most people go like, hmm, do I really want to get married or do I kind of want to, you know, make sure that I can have enough money in my bank account so we both don't go broke. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a taxes thing. Uh, I think that's probably one of the biggest drivers for <laughs> for weddings. But also, there is a... You know, when it comes to wedding parties themselves, like the difference between that and something mm-hmm. else, um, I, I think there is a certain, well, I shouldn't say this. I don't know. I could easily paint with broad strokes. So go for I it. Won't. Why not? Let's do it. Sure. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> I there. I think there is a certain like there, there is an ego element to it. Oh, 100% I think, there is. I think at of the course. start, at, at the top line, like I'd say the biggest umbrella thing is it's it's kind of an expected thing to do, Right. Yes. And then and that's what I think. If you drew the Venn diagram, like everybody has this one thing in common, like that's the biggest thing that overlaps is like, well, you get married, so you got to have a party. Got to do it. Right. Well, that, do it. And I'll also tell you as well, the most excited people 
are the people who've been through this themselves. And I don't know whether or not that's a bit of nostalgia, right? Of looking back on your own wedding, right? And being like, oh, you remember all these things? Although you probably forget all the terrible things that happened of like, we had to buy flowers and I had to find a venue. And then the venue canceled and then this happened and this happened. And then so-and-so did this and this. I'm sure like, you know, everyone has, a, has wedding stories of how stressful the process sure. is leading up to the wedding. But I think a lot of people look back on the whole thing nostalgically. Of like, you remember like how great that was. Let's see somebody else go through it and we can just observe it, right? A lot of people want to be observant to this and they want to be part of that, part of that process, which I, which I get, which I, you know, I feel for it. But I would say between me and Alice, we have not made any decisions. As far as I'm concerned, I'm happy to sign documentation and be done <laughs> with it. So we'll, we'll figure it out. But yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's where well, I am. I'm I looking. remember. Yeah. So, so two points, one about the registry, um, I remember one of my cousins, because most people that get married today already live together, to your point. Yes. So when yes. you're doing a registry, it's like, why am I, why are you putting shit on here that you already have? And yeah. and if it's stuff you don't have, well, then it's just silly. Silliest thing I've ever seen on a registry was a bubble machine by one of my cousins <laughs> when she got married. And it Wait, 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 fit. wait, wait, wait. Like, like shoots bubbles into the air? Yeah, I think so. I, I don't like, know exactly what it was. I didn't see this firsthand, but I did hear that it was on the list. And knowing my cousin, wasn't surprised. Um, then the second thing is my sister when she got engaged, she was she was booking it. She was booking dates within hours, like that <laughs> night. Good for her. <laughs> that night, all right. It was already like, what are you doing in a year from now on this Saturday? I'm like. Nothing like you, you tell me, what am I doing? What am I doing that random Saturday in August? It's like, oh, okay, well, I guess that's what we're doing. And yeah, like immediately, like drama started day one. <laughs> that, that was the move. So um, consider yourself lucky on that front. Um, but I will say the other the other reason that I think a lot of people do have that big extravagant wedding and there, there's 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 like dials of it. Like everything can be as extravagant or not extravagant as you want to. So anybody who's like having this wedding in the tens of thousands of dollars, it's like, you probably didn't have to do that. You probably could have done something smaller, lower key. And the yeah. only reason that I think those things balloon up is when you are looking at it more from an egotistical perspective. Well, well look, and not only that as well, and I would say this is, and this is not me being cynical, but the, 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 the industry that has made weddings so profitable Oh, yeah. Plays on all of those things of don't you want to remember this? You only do this once. Yeah. Right. Like, think about all the times that you've done things. Someone says you've only done this once. Right. So you go, well, if I'm only going to do it once, I might as well go for the extra. I might as well spend a little bit more on this, spend a little bit more on that. And I think for some people, to be fair to them, I think they kind of just get carried away. Right. Oh, yeah. Like you're, you, once you're in it and again, I've, I've not we've not started any of this process, but once you're in it and you start going to venues, and you start tasting food, and you start ordering flowers, and you start making invitations and getting lists together. I think a lot of people just get wrapped up in it and understandable. Right. It's exciting time. It's 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 a big out of the big life steps. Right. <clears throat> this is one out of the, let's say, five. Right. Like birth of a child and most likely birth of a first child. Right. That's oh. a pretty big moment in everyone's life. I thought you were talking about. Oh, well, go ahead. You give me the five steps that you consider the five life steps and then I'll, I'll maybe fill in some gaps. Yeah. So it's interesting because I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to say the, the first is going to be the first big life step for and that you don't remember. But other people remember is like first steps. Right. As a child, like when you first kind of become a 
when you first kind of become more than just a blob with a with a with a head that you can't balance right so like i, I would say like first steps first first speech is probably the first big milestone of every human on on modern earth the second i'm going to say is actually a graduation or leaving home right so that 17 18 years old when either you graduate from high school or you decide that you're going to kind of leave home and go out on your own right that's number 2 number 3 for me is is engagement right number 4 is the wedding the actual signing of that paper that makes it official and number 5 is the birth of a child and after that, you know, there's lots of events that fall in between. But I think for most people, when you talk to most people who are probably 70, 80, 90, they can tell you, except for maybe the first one, they can tell you exactly what happened on that day. They remember everything about it. So if I had to give you five steps in life. Yes, please. Emerging wedding and engagement. Okay. Birth, your own birth. Your bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah. <laughs> or quinceanera. <laughs> Whatever. That's when you become a man or a woman. <laughs> Wedding, child, death. But again, some of like you don't remember. There you I go. Mean, maybe you do remember your death. No. <laughs> maybe it's the final memory. We don't know. We don't know yet. We don't know. But so, I need yeah. to know. So how how'd it go down? Any is it is it a tale worth telling? Uh sort there's not there's nothing really there's nothing really surprising or interesting about it. So he went to Queenstown. So for those of you who do not know New Zealand, Queenstown is the one place in New Zealand that does not feel like New Zealand because it's full of Europeans and and Asian people and North Americans who come there for vacation. If you go look at a picture of Queenstown, New Zealand, it's one of the most beautiful looking places on earth. It's crazy. Yeah. Right. It's it's my favorite place in New Zealand. I couldn't go there when I went because yeah. everything was busted up because of the earthquake. That's Christchurch. Different place. Oh, never mind. I would say Christchurch is not the most beautiful place in New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would argue heavily against that. And I would say and yes, I didn't go to this place because you you were hiding it from me. Well, it's close to Milford Sound, right? So it's a four hour drive from Milford Sound. Um but Queenstown is it's kind of like being in Vancouver because it's it's a lot of, you know, it's it's a big ski town during the winter. Um, lots of wineries, lots of mountain hikes and things. Like if you're looking at pictures of this now, yeah, I of am. Queenstown, it's, wow. it's 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 incredible, right? It's just an amazing yep. looking place. So yep. there was no snow, but I had this plan for a while. So look, and me and me and Alice, have, I don't tend to make big decisions without knowing the answer. Uh, and it's not me being cocky; <laughs> it's just me being me being very uh, conscious Pragmatic. of. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go through this process to have someone tell me no. <laughs> I want to yeah. find out beforehand. So yeah. it, it's so there's a there's a bit of a process of getting a ring made, right? So that took about four or five months because I was very picky and very particular. It was they were like, "How about this stone?" I said, "No, nah, that's not the one. Find another one." Right? So we went back bigger. and forth. Go bigger, <laughs> bigger and cheaper. <laughs> no, just <laughs> <laughs> no. So so go through the process. And I had this booked in May, and it's Alice's birthday last week. And so that's where I sort of disguised it. Well, let's go. Don't to, ask let's me. To, I'm not. Pfft. Let's go to Queenstown. Let's let's go to Queenstown for your birthday. So I think she kind of knew, but she didn't know the specifics. So I had a plan that we were going to do this early, right? Because I didn't want to go through the whole weekend with this hanging over my head. One, because I didn't want to lose the thing, right? Like this is one of those things you want to give to somebody, and then you go, okay, great. The responsibility of this getting of this getting lost or this falling down a crack or this disappearing. Is not on me. <laughs> it's on the other person now. You I've done problem. my part. 
<laughs> yes. So got off the plane, had some time to kill before the airport, went to a beautiful place called Lake Hayes, had a little walk around, presented the ring. It was all smiles and hugs. It was great. So that's kind of the story. Like, again, there's not too much to it. I did it as soon as we got off the plane because I was like, all right, we're going to get this done with. And then we're going to have, and then, you know, the stress is gone. Because, again, it's it's stressful even if you know the answer. Like, you know, you're presenting some something to somebody. It's odd. I've, I've done enough presenting of things to clients and, and, you know, supervisors in my career. And every time it's still stressful to show something that you're like, look, I've made this thing. What do you think? And for someone to go, it's close, but not exactly. And then you're like, okay. And then you got to, I mean, it's, it's the, it's the plague of every artist. <laughs> so, all right, Jim, what do you want? <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, this is awful. I can't believe you spent five months to present me this, but that's not what happened. She was, she loved the ring. She was very happy. Right. So, yeah. So that's kind of the story. There's not too much to it. It's not, you know, unfortunately there, there's no real, the only funny thing about this is on this walk, there were starting to be signs of omens, right? It, first of all, this happened on Friday oh. the 13th, right? Oh. Which was already a bit of a gamble because it's like, cool. oh. But, you know, I am I would say I'm moderately superstitious, but also it's like Friday the 13th, whatever. It happens like every year, sometimes twice in a year. So it's like, whatever. yeah. And right. it makes it more memorable because now I'll never forget. <laughs> right? So you, you want to pick days that, that yeah. you won't forget because then you're like, oh, you don't remember that day. And I was like, yeah, dude, it was Friday the 13th. Right? So you just you're just in there. But on this walk, right, there are lots of, uh, so this was area, obviously a very wooded, kind of wooded area around this lake. And so we're walking on the trail, and there's like a dead rabbit in the middle of the trail. And you're like, well, that's, ooh, like, okay, that's a little, that's a little rough. And then as you keep walking, you kind of look down the bank, and there's another dead rabbit. And you're like, oh, so they've, they've obviously just like poisoned this area to get rid of these rabbits. But like, it's not a good <laughs> omen when you're on this walk, and you just start seeing dead things. <laughs> And you're like, uh-oh, is this a sign? <laughs> like, like, what is this? And then there's another dead rabbit. But then we saw a live one. There's a live one running around. So, okay. yeah, that was that was funny. But otherwise, yeah, that's not too much of a, it wasn't too much of a, a crazy story. I didn't do anything too wild. I didn't go, you know, skydive or do it at a public arena. Um, yeah, it's pretty low. It's too much pressure. The public arena thing's silly. It's, and you know what? Now that I've done this, that's unfair. If you do a public proposal and you don't know the answer or you haven't talked about it beforehand with the person, like saying, hey, yeah. how would you feel if I proposed to you in a public arena? And they said, absolutely. I love it. You know, that's yeah. what I want to do. And then you do it a year from now, whatever. But if you don't get the person's consent for that, you're a jerk. Don't yeah. do that. Or or if if you're going to propose in a public arena, then that thing has to be this, the cornerstone of your relationship. Like if you yeah. gonna propose at a Ranger game, then you've got to be a, you've got to be a diehard. <laughs> yeah, then both of you guys, game. like your yeah. every other conversation is the Rangers. Like Rangers, you're watching the draft yeah. together, like yeah. that kind of shit. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Otherwise, pick something else. <laughs> something yeah, else. Yeah. Or like if you're doing it while you're skydiving, like you got to skydive a lot, right? Like or or you have to know that the person is kind of expecting that this is going to happen, so it's not so much. And look, I think you should talk about this beforehand. I don't think surprise proposals. I don't think those lead to to happy marriages long term personally, right? Like I think you should have some of the and this is maybe because I'm older, right? You should have big life discussions about the things you want to yep. do. Even, you know, even if it's hypothetical, I think you knowing your partner and knowing the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with and asking these questions is kind of what you should be building in your relationship. If you can't talk about it and everything is sort of a surprise, that's not going to end well because what happens yep. if the answer is no? <laughs> 
Then yeah, what do you do? Oh and everything you, you get the answer no and talk about why it's no. So yeah. Yeah. Um the skydiving thing's interesting. I don't even understand the logistics of that. Like you have to you have to once you like land grip. Once you oh. land. Oh, oh, I thought right? you were talking about in air. I'm I'm imagining in air. You want <laughs> Which this I'm sure ring? Has happened. Yeah. Catch. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, <laughs> or just you go you gotta go it's like sort of a sort of like a like jumping out without a parachute right like you gotta go yeah. find it on the way down like that's what I i'm saying that's ring. what i was thinking yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're screaming like hey before you pull your shoot i got something to say <laughs> what and you just, and you just toss <laughs> it out will you bury me <laughs> Woo! Yeah. So like it's normally I think once you land, right? You land and everyone's like, Well, we did it, we didn't die. And then you and then you do it, right? Like, and yeah, while well, the adrenaline is rushing through yes. is coursing through your veins and you are not in a sound state of mind to make uh, quality of life decisions, <laughs> quality life decisions, will you marry me? Yeah. Sounds great. But again, if that's what you guys if that is the you know, if you met skydiving. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I well agree. then there you like, go. Yeah, or if you've talked about it, if you've been like, "Hey, yeah, do you like we're really in, into skydiving? What if I proposed to you when we were skydiving?" And she'd be like, "That'd be cool. I'd like that. That'd be great." And then you, you let it sit for a year, right? You let it sit for a year, and you build on it. You build on it, and then boom, you do it. It's still a surprise. Remember that time I said I proposed skydiving? Yeah, we were both drunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that was not made in a clear conscience, and no. um, I don't know how I feel about this decision. Well, hey man, look, yeah, Mazel Tov. Happy for you. Um, As someone who said they'd never get married. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't know whether I was going to bring that up. We literally have it on the record. We have it on the record somewhere where you said, you don't quote, you don't sign a lifelong contract for anything. Yes. And you know what? You meet that person who changes your mind. Oh, (laughs) fuck this podcast. (laughs) Nonsense. But but I, I will tell you this. Only doing this once. (laughs) <laughs> i've been very clear i'm not yep. doing this again mm-hmm. once yep. i will sign this lifelong contract once and when i mm-hmm. say forever i mean forever <laughs> forever oh you're so taking, you're taking a lot seriously so that's what I, I mean look it's taken a while this is this was not a quick decision this is six years in the making right six a lot of okay. work I, I knew it was five or six. Block. Okay. Six. Six, six in a couple of months, right? Because I remember you guys first started seeing each other. It was when we went to Japan for the second time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So like again, this is this decision was not made like I do not like again, I'm still pretty I don't sign lifelong contracts. Mm-hmm. So we put a lot of work into this, a lot of effort. So as far as I'm concerned, this is once. So cool, man. if things don't work out, this will not happen again. Well, so to to future partner in forty years, not doing it again. <laughs> not I'm doing this once. <laughs> it's only happening once because I do know somebody, and I won't say names here, but just do it. I, I, I would consider this person a, a family acquaintance, family friend. You can say, but I'd probably say more towards family acquaintance. Got married, let's say four years ago. Yep. Got divorced beginning of the or beginning of i would say beginning of last year got divorced yeah right had a big wedding like big wedding like yep. like almost like a tribute old, to to them personally right to like the an bride overcompensation like an overcompensation yes. wedding yes it was like it was like there are articles that were like museum level articles of like this is our relationship look at it this is this is what you don't have it was a little bit of like this is perfect we have solved all the problems in marriage 
yep. a year later, two years later, maybe divorced. Mm-hmm. She is now engaged again. Oh, good for her. She is engaged again, and now there's going to be another wedding. That's a destination wedding in Mexico, oh. so a bigger wedding, Ooh. right? So I, I would say the first wedding, if you're going to go big, it should be for the first and only wedding. The next wedding, do not invite me again to your extravagant blowout. <laughs> I'm not coming the second time because I've watched you say till death do us part and sickness and health we're together forever. And You're then you decided <laughs> and then you decided in two years, eh, you know, not really feeling it. And then you decided that you found someone else very quickly. Again, so that tells me that you're in love with the process of the wedding. I mean, I'm talking about people who buy twenty thousand dollar wedding dresses, right? And then get married again. So as far as I'm concerned, do not invite me to your wedding if that is your plan. So you don't, you're, you don't, so you're not, no second weddings for you. No. Like if, I, I'm, if, I'm if someone's getting, a, if someone's having wedding. a second wedding, you're like, no, I'm not interested. Now, what if it, it's the first wedding for one party, the second wedding for the other party? That, that is a great, great question. It depends on my relationship to the couple. Okay. If I know the person of the first wedding, right? Then I'm good because it's the, I'm there for them and it's their first. Oh, okay. If if I know the person who had who's this is their second wedding and the other person it's the first, then no. Right. If I know you, yeah. I'm here for the first one. But I'm not <laughs> here for the second. I I sat there and watched you say till death do us part. Yeah. And y'all ain't dead. <laughs> Neither of you. <laughs> Neither of you are dead. Yeah. Now look, if somebody does die. Different yeah. ball okay, game. This is different. Loophole. Right? Okay. Different ball. Yeah. That's the loophole. If somebody dies, okay. then the 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 contract is you can read through the contract, Article Seven, that says till death do us part. <laughs> and death, you parted. You're good, right? So I'm talking about when you both amicably look at each other and go, you know, this just doesn't work out. And look, I I get it, right? Life gets in the way sometimes where things don't work out. But do not have a big blowout second wedding. I will not be there. Right on. I won't okay. be there. So right. yeah. I will. I don't have the same. I don't have the same kind of. Uh, I don't have those righteous beliefs. I can't. I can't. You know what? Because, well, okay, that's a great excuse if you don't really like that person and you just don't want to go to their wedding. Just great. It's just it's the best out you could possibly have. But the moment you break that rule, which I can already say I have, you have twice okay. at least <laughs> twice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. One <sighs> I couldn't really get out of, and the other, yeah, the other I probably couldn't get out of anyway. But I was happy sure. to go. Both cases. See, and um, I would say that's that's yeah. the difference because I, if I don't want to do something, as most people, I'm, I'm not going to do it. You have to. I don't have to do anything. There's two things in this world I must do. I've told you this before. I believe. Go ahead. Stay black mm-hmm. and die. You know, you know who said that? Who? <laughs> Joe Clark. <laughs> I, I believe that's been said by many a black people before. I've heard it from Joe, my parents. Joe heard Clark, it from well, it's been memorialized by Morgan Freeman, at least in the in the sensational movie Lean on Me. Yeah. So the only two things in this world I must do is stay black and die. <laughs> and those are the two things that I plan on doing. So yeah. So yeah, anything else I don't have to do. I have reminded people of that all the time. But here's the other thing I'll say about weddings. I've said it before. Like a good wedding is one that is representative of the people getting married. And that usually yes. doesn't require going all going like spending tens of thousands of dollars. Like usually you, it depends some, on the person. Sometimes <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like you, yeah, exactly. But you can often other than the usual um wedding industry fuckery, right? 
like flowers. Oh, you want flowers? Cool. Flowers it's gonna are expensive be, too. It's going to be like $10,000 alone just for five roses. It's like, why? Yeah. Well, I could buy those at a supermarket and put them out here and it'd be a lot cheaper. So anyway, um, that that's ridiculous. But in I'd say most cases you can do it without going too crazy, especially if you keep the guest list relatively small, then you can scale everything accordingly. Because let's be real, no one has 200 friends. No one... No. No one likes 200 people. I'll throw can that count, out there. You don't, can you don't count the like, number of my friends on maybe one hand, two, if I stretch it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't, you don't like enough. You don't like 200 people enough where you want to go to a party with them. That's let me, let me no. rephrase it that way. That's, yeah, that's yeah, how I, I will clarify this point. Collectively, you and your partner getting married probably don't have 200 people that you want to party with. Therefore, 200 people going to a wedding. It's too many people. At that point, you're checking boxes. <laughs> I can't imagine who's going to listen to this and give me some shit. <laughs> well, 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 look, and it's not only that. I would say like there's expect like family expectations. A lot of people get, exactly. you know, hey, you yeah, got to yeah. invite so-and-so. And do you remember so-and-so who was at your fifth birthday? You got to invite them, too. Like there's a lot of sort of, you know, weddings are for as much as they are for the people getting married and that's my again i agree with you 100 percent. it's also for family and that stuff that that drama plays into this a lot which i would say which is probably why you know bridezilla and a lot of that stuff comes into fruition because it's the expectation of what this is supposed to be my wedding has to be better than so-and-so's but this wedding that it's comparison shopping and trying to prove to family and friends and it's a lot of status symbol stuff and i will say for the weddings i've been to in new zealand this is a lot of what we're talking about is an Amer- it happens here it happens everywhere but uh, like we've made a tv show in america about bridezilla and some of this stuff like you know in a, in the states it's kind of a it's a microcosm of a lot of our values right or wrong where a lot of new zealand weddings people just kind of put some chairs out in the garden and and have a good time like yeah. the weddings and I've in been New in New Zealand have not yeah. lasted very long. I've been in some weddings in the States that last an hour. The weddings in New Zealand, the last wedding I went to in New Zealand ceremony, it's about three minutes. <laughs> That's because <laughs> the, yeah. the first thing they said was, oh, yeah, they decided to to exchange their vows privately. So here's the ring. And I was like, whoa, let's go. We getting right into it. We're going to stand here. She gets her walk. They say, yeah, hey, yeah, we talked about this privately. You get a ring. I get a ring. We're married. We're done. And then it was yeah. and then it was food and drinks. <laughs> If I was to plan a wedding, uh, if I'm going to plan a wedding in New Zealand, here's my here's my game plan. Right. Having been to New Zealand one time, this is what I would do. I would have it in on just just pick a random ass sidewalk. Be like, that's where it's going to be. Look, everything's gorgeous. Look at this place. Isn't this great? Wow. It's the most beautiful place I've ever been. Just this random sidewalk. I'd hire your friend to make that chicken and uh, we'd have a good time. (laughs) That would be the wedding. That would be it. (laughs) Yeah, that I mean, that that, again, he's 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 working with me now. And, uh, it's a good idea, right? Chicken. He's like, yeah, yeah, your friend really liked that chicken. I go, yeah, we talk about it all the time. <laughs> Still do, yeah. Chicken. Give me the recipe. Give yeah. me the recipe. Can you ask him if I can have the recipe? I can. I can ask him. He's he's going to say no, but I can ask him because I don't think that, that chicken is not widely distributed for it's, you know, <sighs> you, you, you got to go pray to the altar for that chicken. So. Yeah. Damn, so yeah, sounds, that sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. So excuse us for not being on for the last couple of weeks because I was going, I was off doing that. The other thing that yep. happened. Mm-hmm. Is I became a citizen. Mazel tov again. Look at that. Look at this. You never have to go back. You never. They can't get rid of you. They can't get rid of me. I am a citizen. And unfortunately, because of because of COVID, I don't get my ceremony where I have to stand up there and they make me pledge allegiance to the queen. 
the which I was already now. like, hmm, I don't know how if I want to do that. The queen is, you know, the queen is hiding right now because I think the queen is on the way out. You know, yeah, I, I, I don't want to wish her any any ill will, but I don't want to pledge allegiance to somebody who's like who who I can't see. I kind of want to meet you're, the queen if I want to pledge allegiance to her. You're not pro monarchy. No, I'm pro patriarchy. <laughs> okay, but okay, fair enough. The what? Okay, monarchy can be a patriarchy, just to be clear. But it all can. right, uh, I, I was but, going uh, for the joke. I was going. Yeah, for I get the it. Joke. So, but uh, as was I. So, but I I will say the one thing that you are missing by not this not happening is you in that lineup because that would probably be pretty funny. What do you mean? Like my guess is like a lot of, a lot of black dudes from Detroit don't often become New Zealand citizens. No, but it's interesting because you will get a lot of Indians and Africans and Asian people. So it looks a bit of a, you know, of a mixture of cultures who become citizens here in New Zealand. So I don't oh, think okay. I'd be that out of place. I think there'd be a couple people with, with you know, a little darker shade of skin, a couple different nationalities. Yeah. Um, because most people that I know that have become citizens around the same time I have are from South America or from Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, I mean, it's kind of like the states, right? People move to Western countries. But obviously, being an American, yeah, I, I don't think it would be very I don't think I'm going to sit there and Spider-Man meme a guy who looks exactly like me who's from like Chicago who decided yeah. to become a citizen. I don't <laughs> I'm sure there is a guy that looks like me from Chicago who became a citizen of New Zealand, but there's probably only one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. That makes sense. But yeah, but yeah. Look, it's a uh, it's good. Oh, well, congrats. That's awesome, man. Very yeah. Uh, it's cool. So great. dual citizenship, which means when I now travel, the next time we travel abroad. So one, if we end up traveling to Australia, I basically get in Australia with no questions asked. Like I can work in Australia. There's an agreement between New Zealand and Australia where I can live there, and it's you know they're just like hey Kiwi, cool. So that's fun. The other thing is I can travel as a Kiwi. Right. So when I go to some of these places and, you know, look, we've traveled enough to know Americans. Oh, you're an American. Hmm. They love us. They love but when us you're Kiwi. Everywhere. They're like, oh, yeah, little New Zealand. You guys are awesome. So there's times when you want to travel as, an, you know, just like there's plenty of Americans when they travel through Europe, they put little Canadian stickers on their backpack. Yeah. So they don't get, you know, oh, it's an American. Either they're rich or they're loud or they're all the things that are stereotyped about America, which I would argue I've been enough places to know that's everyone. So can you easily travel to Cuba now? I can. That's the other one. That's what I wanted to bring up. Because I will be going to Cuba as a Kiwi, and I do not have to worry about any sort of embargo through the American government. I will travel as a Kiwi. I will enter as a Kiwi. I will leave as a Kiwi. It will be amazing. So the only time I have to use my U.S. passport is when I go to America. That's pretty much it. That's what you do. You get get married in Cuba, and you're just like... (laughs) So that way no one can show up. Good luck. Come on out. Good luck. <laughs> if you can figure it out, good luck. But yeah, I'm super, I'll tell you, that is one of the main drivers for me becoming a citizen is because I wanted to go to Cuba without having to do all of the, oh, I'm here for an educational trip. I don't want to do all that lying. I just want to step foot in Cuba and go, look at this. So I need to do it before there is a progressive enough government that gets rid of all the embargo stuff. I think that's going to stay for a while because Trump rolled some of that stuff back. So I'm super, I'm super eager to go to Cuba, to get a couple of Cuban cigars, have a couple of Cuba Libres, look at some old cars from the 50s as a Kiwi. <laughs> so, yeah. Very cool. That's exciting. Yeah. So there you go. That's That's, right. That is my life news. I took up the first 45 minutes of the podcast, but it's been, ex- or 30 minutes. It's been, it's been exciting few weeks. It's been great. Yeah. Well, you should have. I think uh, it's all exciting. Very exciting news. Yeah. And yeah. And, so on uh, the flip very... side, you've been you've been partying 
and living in a world where there is no COVID or any other diseases, the last time I talked to you, you told me that you had a very bad headache because you were doing something. And this might have been a month ago. So I might be rolling this back. Uh, but I feel like you've been having a great time. <laughs> is what I yeah, is I mean, what that, I that was that was fine. I, I guess. Yeah, it was what three weeks ago, I guess, when we could have recorded. And I was just like completely hungover <laughs> because I went to the devil game. I didn't eat anything. I was drinking and then we kept drinking and then I went home, woke up. I'm like, I don't feel too bad. That was uh, me lying to myself. I did feel bad and uh, struggled through that day. Still skated, found out half of the team, at least half of our team that skated that night was hungover, which was great. Uh, we Did we win that game? No. No, we don't win a lot of games, but yeah. it was close. It was closer than it could have been. All things <laughs> considered, than it should have been closer than it should have been. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we've had. Uh, so there's that. I, I don't really think. Yeah, nothing really too exciting. I've just been busy, busy with work. Um, nothing. It, just like the normal stuff, really. Outside of that, I'm working so much, and then people. I've had. Uh, I've had guests stay over which have also complicated uh, some of the timelines as well. So I've had some friends staying with me and that's about it. Yeah. It's been it, it not, not really kind of a tough fact to follow someone who's like, Oh yeah, I got engaged and I got citizenship. Yeah. I didn't do either of those things. <laughs> and I, I, I got hung over one night. That's the, uh, there you go. <laughs> that's the most exciting thing that's happened. That's outside of the norm. Oh uh, wait, no, that's not true. I did go to a, um, a very swanky food thing, LA Times coast to coast food event, courtesy of Greg. He got me into this thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. On, uh, what was this? Wednesday night. That was pretty cool. Got to uh, eat a lot of delicious things. And I somehow met the Eric from Tim and Eric's, the Tim and Eric Awesome Show. Was that the name of that show? No idea. Anyway, <laughs> well, yeah, met that guy because he, he was selling wine there. And then Greg's okay. like, don't you know who that was? I was like, no. And then he told me. I said, oh, okay, fair enough. It's that guy. Um, really good stuff there. Uh, some really great dishes. And look, I mean, you, you, I'm gonna, I, it's like the last time we recorded a podcast, I was talking about going to a brisket competition. Yes. The only, I'm, I'm a very easy person to have a good time. Just put some good food in front of me and a lot of it. And I'll, mm. and I'll basically call that a good night. <laughs> and this was one of those nights. It was great. Um, although I have found that, oh, the other thing that happened is this has been like about, it's been a year since I made that, um, uh, since I said, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to try to lose some weight. Yep. And I, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. And I did. Yeah. And I've basically kept that off for 10 years, but I also think I could consume less. I mean, sorry, a year, 10 pounds for yeah. a year, 10 pounds for so, a year. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So I think with that, my, my. My little, my stomach, which is already pretty small to begin with, cannot consume as much as it could. So yeah, pushing myself enough. beyond the limit. Keep working is, at it, though. You'll harder. get back there. <laughs> Someone from experience. <laughs> keep working. Yeah, exactly. I, I, one of these days. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, there, there will be one point where I just decide to be like, hey, you know what? Screw it. Oh yeah, I, I think like that happens. Shit. I mean, I'm I'm getting you know every day. I'm, you know, you get to the point where you're like, look, I got to live my life. There's more things important, and uh, you know. Oh, I still do. Know. I got barbecue last night. Yeah. Uh, when my friend was in town. Um, you know, when, when a friend's in town, you're not taking them to like, hey, I know a great place to get salads every day. Yes. And, and no. look, I mean, you, you no, live no, no, in New no, no. York, right? You live in exactly. New York. I was in some of the best shape of my life in New York because you walk. You're doing all these things. So you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. There is a, I just saw this morning, donut plant, just a donut shop here in New York. Go figure. I know you wouldn't have known by the name, but I feel like that required an explanation for some people. They are selling donut ice cream sandwiches. And I know what you're going to ask, Jason, do they have a matcha variety of this donut ice cream sandwich? And the answer is yes, they do. Of course. So I'm probably, I'm probably going to get one of those. Because there's a donut plant in Grand Central, and my office is two blocks from Grand Central. So I will be getting that, and maybe I'll report on that next week. All right. So I'm excited. Yeah, big uh, big fatty over here. <laughs> well, yeah, cool. man, I, I don't have too many other exciting things to talk about. That's no, that's it. all right. Well, look, big, that's... Big letdown. It's warm. It's 80 degrees. It's, it's, look, it's spring and summer. T- like, this time of year in New York, for me, was the best time of year in New York. It was the month, basically, between Easter and Memorial Day. Mm. Sure, you had a few days where it was cold, a few days where it rained, maybe even a, an odd snow during those yep. months, some years. That's right. But when it was good, it was great because it wasn't too hot, right? Because New York in July is gross. It's sweltering be. hot. The subway's hot. The trash is hot. Sure. Everything's hot. Mm-hmm. And it's a little gross in July, August. But between like April, May, June, when it's really good, New York's great. It's great. Once the, sh- once the shorts go on. Like, yeah, it's I, one, I, like, one like of my favorite around. places on earth. It's great. Yeah, like, like walking around in the shorts, you know, show off the calves. Why not? Yeah. That's all I got. That's yeah, I but got. you can also, you know, carry a coat with you, right? Like, it's, it's, a, it's a nice blend of everything. But no. Yeah. I, I won't do that. Yeah, I but, never understood you know. people with, I don't understand the people walking with shorts and a hoodie. It doesn't make any sense. I, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not what a shorts guy. What have you done? I'm, I'm not a shorts guy. This That's okay. I never have been. You don't have to be. You're insecure about your legs. That's fine. My legs are beautiful. Well, then why aren't you showing them off? Why? Because why I don't, what like, are you I don't of? like the I don't like the breeze. It's a little weird. Yeah, I don't know. I think you're hiding some insecurities. You're making excuses. I might be. I might yep. Be. You could just show off your legs if you're so nervous. If you're so like insecure about, it, just wax them. Just wax your legs. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. All righty. Well, yeah. All right. that's, I think that's it for the personal news. And look, I'll be honest. Everything to talk about in the real, in the actual news, like the worldwide news, is horrific. We we are. Yeah. If you if you watch, I watched the news before. So and also, this is like super early, right? Like the other thing that makes doing this podcast hard is when when daylight savings hit you guys and we roll back. It's eight hour difference between New York and New Zealand, so it's super difficult to try and catch each other. So sorry yep. if every once in a while we miss a podcast because it's just eight hours difference. It's tricky. You wake but, up early. Like some sort of I do. Monster. I, I, I woke up at six a.m. I actually woke up earlier than that, but we started recording this at six thirty a.m. my time. Mm-hmm. But before that, I watched. You know, NBC Nightly News is a, is a good quick hit of what's going on in, in the U.S. for the most part. Oh my god! And I watched give me, it this morning. Give, I give me the Fridays. top line. I watched Fridays, and it was horrific. And to it be clear, horrific. All my news now. I don't watch CNN anymore. All right. Occasionally, I'll throw it on, you know, but for the most part, I'm getting news from like breaking news alerts from AP and CNN on my phone. I'll listen to Pod Save America for some political news and I'll listen to Pod Save the World for global news. So I'm getting all the super left leaning slanted version of the news, which is fine. And then and whatever pops up on Twitter or uh, or Reddit. That's but it for the most part, that's that's all I get. I'm not like keeping shit on in the background. They're not talking about it. Then it's like I get glimpses of it. So I'm aware, but I'm not like 
I'm not fully tuned in to what the media wants me to listen to. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So look, I, I want to read this. I want to read this rundown and you tell me how great you feel about where we are in the world. Right. right. So Judge Block's move to lift Title 42, which I believe is the which is the the thing that Trump put in place during the coronavirus that prevents people from, you know, migrating into the U.S. So it's kind of used to stop people from Mexico coming into the country because of covid, even though I'm sure in the states, you know, people how many people are still wearing masks? Like, I'm sure it's very limited. Zero. In the yeah. subway, you still have. There's still a rule in the subway where you have to do yeah, it, but, but like the, it, no the, one's going to stop you and say, on, put on your mask. Yeah, yeah it's like it's fifty fifty now. I still wear it. Yeah, when I was in Queenstown, no one was wearing a mask. Like, and we we have thousands of cases a day now. Like, I think the world is just like, yeah, we're done. Sure. After that, Wall Street edges close to bear market. Yep. After that, formula shor- shortage worsens. So yeah, there's a big formula shortage in the U.S. where like, there's baby not formula, baby formula on the shelves. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Shooting victims remembered, which is the 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 shooting that happened in Buffalo, New York. Uh, no, horrific. there was three mass shootings. So it can, you could be talking about the one in New York, talking about the one in L.A. or the other one. It's awful. And I'll tell you, like as someone who is now outside of the U.S., to be like that, I don't want to come because it's a completely random racially motivated. It's a horrific, right? Like why, people want to tell me America is the best place on earth. You can't go grocery shopping. That's horrific. After that, U.S. monkeypox cases, which we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. And then Russia controls Mariupol. <laughs> I yep. mean, that is a that is a murderous row of a lineup. It's awful. Literally. It's horrific. All of that. Yeah. Yeah. And there's not much to talk about. There's not really much to laugh about these days. It's pretty horrific. So every one of yeah. those things is Joe Biden's fault. They're all Joe Biden's fault. And, Wait, you know, and that just... didn't even mention well, I guess this is tangentially related to the stock market thing, but we are also seeing insane levels of inflation. And Crazy. you want to talk about things at a local level here in New York, the rent has gone up astronomically. And that is a statewide thing where where landlords are bumping rents up like 50 to 100 plus percent. It's crazy. So I look, man, you'll know what I'm talking about. I lost. I'm, I'm losing my last Chung on the Badgers, right? <laughs> Chris Chung off the Badgers, right? Because he's got the last one. We lost his brother. And then, uh, you know, and, and he, now this one's gone. We lost a guy whose last name was also Chung, but not related. Um, we, he moved out to California years ago. And then this guy's leaving because his shitty studio apartment in uh, Long Island City, his words, not mine, are is being jacked up like 50%. And when you're talking 50% in New York, you're talking like over $1,000 more per month. It's expensive. For a studio, for a fucking closet. And it's crazy. You cannot rent an apartment in New York City for less than like $3,000 a month if you want any sort of amount of space. So that's a fact. And look, and I used to to bag on people trying to use inflation as an argument. And now it's getting to the point where the cost of everything is going up. So everyone, like inflation is so high. The landlord things. But the landlord thing is insane. The food price thing is insane. Like, mm-hmm. like the, I mean, I filled up my, now fair enough. I drive a, I drive a truck. I drive a vehicle that is killing the planet. Fine. Monster. G- g- give me an electric version of it. I'll buy it in a heartbeat. But mm-hmm. I filled up my, my, and a New Zealand gas is already high. It cost me 175 bucks to fill up. my. Yeah. Car. But that's only like $16. It's only, it's US only a like couple of pennies, money. but still before yeah. that in real money, it was like two. <laughs> yeah so yeah look i mean yeah. things are things are getting and this is worldwide and before we jumped on this podcast i i mean i remember saying in 2019 we're headed for a recession 
like where we're headed from a global economy standpoint. This was before the pandemic. And Can't I go think up forever. Pand- and I think the pandemic has pushed this because they were not going to have people in the street basically saying, well, screw it. We're just going to let this thing spread because I have to go to work. So governments across the world said, well, we have to support people so that way they can sit at home, which was required. So that way we didn't lose millions of people to dying of coronavirus. So every government in the world, this one included, the one in New Zealand, the one in Australia, the one in the U.S., started printing money. And things were good, right? Record prices, everyone had jobs, it was great. And now, and I would argue Russia probably just, they kind of just accelerated the inevitable of everyone sort of realizing, oh yeah, we actually got to start cutting back and companies start cutting back. Netflix, everything starts cutting back because they're going, ooh, those profits that we were making during the pandemic are going to change when we get back to whatever people quote unquote call normal. So I'm not surprised by this, but the acceleration of this is going to be horrific. And look, I'm not a supportive, I'm not, I'm not a supporter of either political party in the U S but historically this is what happens after you have a Republican government and sure we can, I mean, I'll put that in quotes as well (laughs) because Trump's government was Trump's government. It wasn't a Republican or democratic government. It was just Trump. Threat. Trump leaves, Biden gets in there, and the economy starts to fall apart. And the same thing happened with Obama. Same thing happened with Bill. It happens with everybody. Every single time this happens, it, it's just like, oh, yeah, you know, all the stuff that we did for corporations to basically give them free money so that way the economy looked great. And we start to scale that back. Corporations punish the rest of us. They go, ooh, we're going to start laying people off because we're not making the massive profits we did before. That's your fault, not ours. Yeah. So things it's are depressing. looking a little scary out there. Yeah, I, look, you can't have the, the correction to insane inflation is there's no deflation, right? The deflation comes no. as a result of a recession. Yes. And that's kind of ha- it seems like. It, yeah, it's like every negative thing that could possibly be happening for an economy seems to be happening. <laughs> All of them. At the, and th- that's the problem, right? Normally you want this to come in drips and drabs. Where it's yeah. like, okay, you know, prices go up, but then wages go up, or there's more jobs being created, or there's more subsidies for for new industries, right? So like renewable energy and those things that spark new jobs. That's kind of how you want to do this. You want to slowly phase some things down as you replace them with other things that people can rescale reskill with and et cetera. But now everything is coming down at once, and a lot of it is just a lot of people being fatigued, specifically essential workers being fatigued post-pandemic. It's people but deciding. But, but yeah. it's things that have come to a head even during the pandemic itself. Look at the chip yes. shortage. Chip shortage oh, yeah. itself. Like I got to see that firsthand yeah. at, at Atari. We saw that. Well, um, I mean, I mean we saw it here like, as well, right? Like trying yeah. to buy new machines to finish movies and do these things. It's like, well, cars. The you know how many cars? Is now, or, is, yeah. Isn't there like a shit ton of cars that have been made but can't be sold because they don't have chips? Like, oh, I think yeah, that's 100. a thing that's happening. No, it is. So, no, it is. Like, you couldn't find a yeah. new car in the U.S. And, and used cars were going for insane prices because they there was a chip shortage. And it's a shortage of the way that we process the sand and all. It's things you're like, really? And then there's and then there's actually like specifically here in New Zealand with things being locked down for as long as they were like problems getting things into ports. Right. Like the fact that Shanghai is still doing these crazy lockdowns. Yeah. Is completely, you know, it's changing the way that factories and things work and their ability to produce and then their ability to ship things back and forth when there's ports that are still closed or there are reduced capacity because people are sick. Like that stuff all takes a toll on the global economy. 
And that's why so many countries like New Zealand eventually are going, well, we can't do this anymore. We got to get people in here to, to, to spend money on, on tourism and travel. We need to get our economy somewhere back because you could slowly see it slipping away. So, yeah, like, look, I think we're in for a very rough six to nine months, regardless of, of what area that you're in. I think it's going to be really, really tricky. Yeah. And I don't, you know, what the result of that is. I mean, a lot of it depends on how quickly some of these conflicts and things can come to a resolution and how willing big money is is to put money back into the economy. Or are they going to squirrel it away and just wait for things to get better? You don't know. But the other, the other problem is that you can't keep, it's like the way capitalism works, right? If you do sustain and you get through it at a certain price point, right? At what point do people just turn around and be like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, we're just going to cut our costs by 50% now to make up for that 50% hike that we had before. Right? Like, does that happen? I, I mean, historically, I don't think it's happened to that no. level, right? Yeah. Like, historically, things like landlords, come back down, why are they? Yeah. Why are landlords? I, I don't think landlords really, they're making a shit ton of money, right? Doing I would assume not much, but I, I don't well, know much about well, look, landlords. I mean, well, well, look, I, I would say to be fair, right? Like, like I'll put this in perspective of, of New Zealand, right? A lot of sure. the landlords, they run a business, right? So they own multiple homes. And I would argue that a lot of them are over leveraged, right? They use the, the equity from the previous properties. They pull that together to buy a new property. And they sort of keep this up because borrowing money for the last two years was cheap. So you yeah. could borrow money without having a lot down. It's the same thing that happened in 2008, right? Borrowing money was cheap because banks are going, well, we want to give you money to be able to put into the economy because we think we're going to make more money this way. The problem is, is that when rates and things and interest rates go up, your ability to borrow money goes down. So there's a lot of people who are over leveraged when times were good. And all it takes is for, you know, 2.5% mortgage rates to now go up to 6, 7, 8% and people lose jobs or their incomes don't raise with that percentage. And then what they could afford two, three years ago, they can no longer afford. And that's when people yeah. start going, well, now I got to get rid of one of these houses or I've got to raise the rent to be able to pay to keep my lifestyle at a sustainable rate as it was before this. That's happened. yeah. So that's why rents go up or people lose homes or they sell properties or, you know, that's sort of what happens. And what happens when people sell property and they have to get out quickly, right? They sell at a loss and the people who buy it are the people who have cash and the people who have cash are often wealthy people who can just afford to have money sitting in a bank account that goes, well, great, now you want to sell this property, I'll buy it for you for a third of the price that you paid for it before, and I'm still going to keep the rent prices just as high. So in these times, this is where companies, tech companies got rich during the last recessions and things, right? Like Apple made a ton of money in 2008, 2009, 2010, because they had a bunch of cash, and they're able to stop spend. And you're like, great, when everything's down, I can get it for half the price, because now everyone else who was over leveraged is underwater. And that's how you get these big, giant corporations who eventually own so much of the economy is because when you've got a lot of cash on hand, it gives you a lot of freedom. Cash is always king. But when times are great, borrowing money is king. That's how a lot of people get wealthy, right? You can just borrow money. And look, again, here in New Zealand, there's a lot of people who own 10, 15, 20 houses because it didn't cost them any money to do so. They just kept taking equity as the housing market kept rising. Right. It's a bank basically going your house that you bought for four hundred thousand dollars in 2010 and 2015 is now worth eight hundred thousand dollars. So again, great. Give me that four hundred thousand dollars that you think my house is worth. and Let me buy two more homes. 
And then you get to 2020, and those houses are worth $1.2 million. So great, give me another 400 grand across those three homes. So now that's $1.2 million that I can now use to keep buying property, right? Because interest rates are low. And then all of a sudden, interest rates rise up, and you go, wow, I've got eight homes I can't afford. <laughs> it's crazy. And I know this so, now, obviously, as being a property owner, you all of a sudden that becomes very clear of how people get wealthy because my own house has has risen in $200,000 in a year and a half, which is crazy. Basically, three months. Didn't I don't do get anything. It. I don't get Didn't it. Didn't do anything. So yeah. now I could pull against $200,000 out of my house and do things with it. I'm fortunate enough that I've got a job and I don't need to do that. But a lot of people do that to then go, I'm going to buy another house or I'm going to use that to buy a boat or I'm going to use that to buy a car because when times are good, that's what you do. And now that housing prices are starting to come back to earth and people aren't, you know, wages aren't increasing with inflation. You start realizing, wow, that boat that I've got in my garage, I got to sell to feed my family. So, yeah, anyways, that's that's a very – and I'm sure there's someone out there who is an economist or an accountant who's going to explain to me why I'm probably wrong about some of this stuff. I am not a math tell person. Him to come, can't tell him to come on. Come on. Come on the podcast and Tell us what's this. happening. That is my very basic understanding of this as someone who owns a home and has a job. <laughs> but I very well could be wrong. And if I am yeah. wrong, please tell me because I am interested in this because now when you start to own more things, you pay attention to this crap <laughs> that you didn't pay yeah. attention to. Tell us, tell us why it's really Bitcoin's fault. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Tell us why, you know, speculative assets are the reason why Netflix stock has, you know, reduced to half its price in, in six months. Anyway, you, you want to talk about this monkeypox thing? Yes. Let's talk about it. All right. Let's do this quickly. Here we go. I'm reading from Axios here. New York City confirms first case of monkeypox. This is one hour ago as I'm about to leave to go play hockey. <laughs> New York state health officials said late Friday, a New York City resident tested positive for the virus that causes monkeypox, according to AP. Why it matters? It's the state's first confirmed case of monkeypox since multiple countries recently reported infections from the virus, which previously had been rarely seen outside of Western and Central African countries. It's also the U.S.'s second confirmed monkeypox infection this year, as Massachusetts reported the first on Wednesday. The unidentified patient is being treated and isolated while the state determines how the person was infected and reaches people who may have been in contact with the person, according to AP. The state is also awaiting final confirmation from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The New York City Department of Health said Thursday it was investigating at least one possible case of monkeypox. The big picture. Numerous other countries reported multiple confirmed and possible cases this week, including Australia, Canada, Belgium, Italy, London, and Northern Ireland, Portugal, and Spain. Related to, to smallpox, monkeypox has two main types, the West African clad with a, with a fatality rate of around 1%, and the Congo Basin, Central African clad, with a fatality rate of around 10%, Axios, Ooh. Eileen, Drag, O'Reilly reports. That's good to know. The current circulating virus strain appears to be the milder West African type, often often starts with flu-like symptoms and swelling lymph nodes, progressing to a blistering rash. The smallpox yeah, vaccine Looking is believed the to be Ooh. the smallpox vaccine is believed to be effective against monkeypox. The CDC warned Friday that doctors and state health departments in the US should be on the lookout for possible cases, specifically looking for the characteristics rash associated with the virus. The World Health Organization's European chief also said he is concerned that monkeypox could spread in Europe in the next few months as people gather for parties and festivals during the summer. 
Mm. Cool. So how does monkeypox spread? This is something I'm going to Google and terrify myself with. Here we go. Um, so I can read this quickly. There's something Transmission from, of the monkeypox yeah, virus among humans is limited, but it can happen through close skin contact, air droplets, bodily fluid, and virus-contaminated objects. Cool. So just don't touch anything or anyone. Simple. No problem. Yeah, pretty much. Don't breathe in. And I would say this is... Look, I mean, what I, the funny thing is, is that I think we are all hyper-aware now to yeah. viruses spreading, right? Because I would argue before coronavirus, this would pop up every once in a while. Smallpox, monkeypox bird flu you know swine flu you'd hear you'd hear things about viruses coming through countries and there's a case here and a case there and you really wouldn't think anything of it but obviously now post-covid we're like oh it's just another thing and then next thing you know you know the last two years happens so i'm not necessarily worried about monkeypox now i'm saying this with a big disclaimer of at this point i mean anything goes right after coronavirus who knows what yeah. the heck's gonna happen but i'm with you in general, this seems to be something that's been around for a while and pops up here and there. And I don't think this is the next global pandemic, even though it feels like every single time there's a virus or sickness, yeah. it's going to be the end of the world. Mm-hmm. No more lockdowns. I think we're done with that. You think so? You think if, if mm-hmm. let's say mon- monkeypox started to spread like COVID, you think we're done with lockdowns? I don't. I think yes. with something that is as visible as this is, I do not think we're done with lockdowns. I think I if think it's I think because respiratory it's, diseases, if you can't see it, we're done with lockdowns. But this, I mean, I mean, I've I caution you to not go to monkeypox and then click on Google Images because it's it's a little rough. Yeah, uh, because it's visible, it seems like it's something that can you can you wouldn't even need to justify you couldn't even justify it the only reason you would just you could justify the the covid lockdown was because it could spread without knowing whether or not you were infected that's why it was so freaky and that was the only real argument that you could have and why you'd have lockdown otherwise you're sick you're coughing stay inside or if you go out wear a mask and then it was a lot more measured it would be a much more measured approach because you know the fact that you can have it and be asymptomatic and still spread it that's why the whole lockdown thing was put in place for this one. If it's only spreading when you're symptomatic, well then just don't be an asshole. If you're sick, stay home. That should be the general rule of thumb anyway. Yeah. But you know, people, people don't, Oh, it's just a cough. Oh, I, I can't afford to be like, that's why it's always a problem. And look, like we just talked about, right? That's why we started giving people money. Cause there's enough people, myself included, who have gone to work with a sniffle or a cough and been like, ah, it's no big deal. I'm too busy. I've got things to do. Yeah. Right. And that's still that's still hap- that happened with COVID, where people are just like, oh yeah, I had symptoms, but I didn't think anything of it. And it's like, well, dude, like now, now you've now you've created a super spreader event because you just couldn't stay home for a couple of days. I think I saw a tweet. Someone's like, hey, uh, before you come to your before you come to my son's birthday party, know that I have uh, know that I have COVID. And it's like, are we we're doing this? <laughs> like this this is how we're doing it now? Yes, that's exactly <laughs> how we're doing it. So it's like, so choose if you want to show up or not. Like that's yeah, what it is, exactly. and that's always it's like still personal on, choice. But it's, I yeah. got COVID. Yeah, yeah. Which hey, <laughs> at least you told them. At least you told them. Now you know, known risk. That's all you could ask for, right? Yeah, so you decide. I mean, there's plenty of things that have happened now in New Zealand where people have had going away parties or people have had birthday parties. Well, I just don't go because I'm just like, yeah, I don't want to catch this thing. I've made, and then you come to find out the next weekend, oh yeah, now 18 people from this thing have COVID, and I'm like, yeah, I still don't want to catch this thing personally. But I'm, wow. I've come to the realization that we probably all will catch this thing, but I'm keen to hold it off as long as possible. Yeah. <laughs> personally, well, um, not going to touch any strangers. Not going to touch any strange things outside the usual things, of course, because you're in New York. 
you know? Everything's strange. <laughs> Everything's strange. That's right. Everything's touched a lot of things. Um, I think one of the most horrifying things is when I see somebody drop a headphone in New York and it touches the ground. And they just stick it back into their ear. And it's just like, let me just give that the old little wipe down mm-hmm. and Our we're little, good to little go. Blow, right? little. A little blow. Yep. A little. <laughs> and a little wipe over. Yep. Good to go. All good to go. Well, enough of scaring the shit out of everybody. <laughs> I think after that, we can use a little media therapy, shall we? Yeah. Let's, let's talk about. So what, what have you, you said you only watched one thing. Yes. So why don't we start with that? So I've watched everything everywhere all at once. I saw it in a movie theater. Yeah. Is it really as great not. as people say it is? It's really good. Now, I, I personally really enjoyed it. It's okay. one of the most creative things I think I've watched in a very, very long time. Right. And that's not me trying to be hyperbolic. It was just really creatively done. Like the filmmaking, you can tell it's a lot of practical. And it's practical in a way that you're just like, okay, yes, you can tell that there's wires and strings and things, but it was really, really well done. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, I think it's got a lot of comedy in it. It's got a pretty heartwarming story towards the end of it. It's really masterfully put together. Um, the crazy thing is at the end, looking at the visual effects credits, and, and it's like five people. <laughs> That's <laughs> Which awesome. never happens. Because normally I'm cynical, being like, all right, everyone says there's no visual effects in a movie. And then you watch it, and you're like, there's visual effects everywhere. This movie, surprisingly, you watch the end credits, and it's like visual effects. I mean, it is like five, six people. It's crazy. So this to me is one of those things that as a person that works in film, seeing one of these movies every five to ten years is really pretty inspiring. Um, of like, yeah, this is kind of why you get into movies because it very clearly is a bunch of people kind of having fun making a movie. So yes, I I really think this is something that you should see. Do you have to go to a movie theater and see it? Uh, you know, if you watch it when it's on streaming, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad at you. But I, I think this is really, really well done. I hope this movie wins a couple of awards um, because, yeah, it's just really, it's really creative. Yeah, the budget is twenty five million, is what the budget is. It's crazy. Maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll see this tomorrow. Yes, I, I think it's worth seeing. I think you will enjoy it. I think there's a lot of comedy in it, which is great. I mean, it's it's a twenty four, right? So there's a bit of indie filmmaking in there, um, mm-hmm. but it's it's really well put together. So I I highly recommend that you see it. Um, it's one of the best things I've seen in a while, just from a creativity standpoint. Now the story's got some issues. The story gets a little, it's and it's long as well, right? It's two hours and, tw- and twenty minutes. So oh. I'd say it's probably about twenty minutes too long. There's definitely a lull right in the middle of it that just the thing kind of grinds to a halt, and then it picks back up. So it's sort of you know it's a lot of action, and then it kind of changes a little bit. And I liked it. I thought it was pretty creative. But I think people could watch it and go like, oh, okay. After all that, we're now doing this for like twenty minutes. Mm, okay so i think it's maybe 20 minutes too long but it's it's really it's really good it's really good yeah, okay. and i think this yeah. is this is going to become one of those cult classics of movies where people refer to this as in you know a creative style or a creative way of doing something um which is awesome i think this is this is what you should strive for when you're making films without big budgets, right? If you're making a big tent pool movie, if you're making Doctor Strange, then fine, right? Make a Doctor Strange movie. But if you've got 25 million and you've got a really creative idea, this is how you should do it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. A lot of uh, showings tomorrow. Maybe I'll check that out tomorrow. Yeah. Highly cool. recommend it. All right. Right on. All right. As for that's it. That's all you got, huh? That's it, because again, I've been busy getting engaged and working on films and becoming a yeah, citizen. Yeah, I get it. So that's all right, well, then here we go. Then I'll, I'll burn through my stuff. So I saw 
the one thing I saw that you didn't see is the uh, I saw Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Yes. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was good. Good. Sam Raimi had uh, it was like, yeah, definitely pushed the limits Some violent stuff in there. Uh, but yeah, I liked it. There was some really cool stuff. There's another Marvel now movie. This, this, this movie, now Marvel's in an interesting spot because I would say that this movie, while people seen it and they've enjoyed it, it wasn't necessarily critically acclaimed. Uh, I think. Well, right? that's not really true. No, it okay, got, I enough. think the average rating was 74%. It's not bad. Which is I mean, okay. it's not it's yeah. not Eternals. No, it's no. not Eternals. But, it, but it's but it's but not, it's not Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah true. So. But I think the movie itself is a divisive movie because and, and just watching the movie, you could get it like, oh, some people are watching it. You're like, I could see why people wouldn't like this hmm. because it's definitely a Raimi take on a like I, I see commentary on it and people are like, yeah, this is a Raimi ass movie. Like he he went for it. And it's crazy how much rope Marvel gave them to do. Like it, they probably just said, look, here's your starting point. Here's your end point. Get there. And then however you want to present these things, go for it. And yeah, so they, they really pushed the limits in some of these, uh, some of this, uh, in some of these action sequences and basically how they set it up as a monster movie at times. Yeah. Basically, basically having this, uh, this kind of uh, Freddy Krueger or, Jason type character that is just stalking, <laughs> stalking Doctor Strange and just killing a bunch of people. And it's like nuts. Some, there's like one scene in particular that was really awesome. And I think it was a standout. And that's the thing that stuck with me the most that I won't talk about because it'll spoil it. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed this movie. It was cool. And I kind of like the Marvel movies that do things a bit different. I didn't hate Eternals. I thought it was fine. Yeah. Um, but this is, something very different. And even though silly shit, like the silly Raimi shit, um, I didn't mind it. I was like, cool, this is, this is silly and stupid, but it's a comic book movie. So who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So that's my, that's my take on that one. Um, and then sticking to Marvel, I finished with uh, moon Knight finished. Yeah. So watch that. Mm-hmm. And you said, uh, you actually, I watched it as well. And look, I mean, I mean, heavy disclaimer, I'm involved in a lot of the productions of these movies. So I'm, I'm aware of what's what's happening in them, even though I maybe don't directly work on the images, but I do manage the people who do. So, yeah. So what do you think of Moon Knight? Um, look, I, I, I enjoyed it. The first episode, obviously, I came on here and said, this is awesome. And yeah. I would argue that Marvel, from a television standpoint, is is I don't want to say struggling because I think that's unfair. No, I think they're they're trying to figure out how do you wrap up series in the way yes. that you wrap up a movie, right? Yes. Like, and I would say that the Wandavision stuff, or I think all of the all of the shows, they can't sort stick of a landing in any of the shows. It, it's it's tough because it's it's six hours or let's say you know forty five minutes times the number of episodes, right? But I'm gonna say six hours in theory. Of you get more time to tell a story, so it's a little. And I think the way they wrapped this up was not satisfactory to a lot of people. I think Moon Knight, the way that it started, was not as, or the way that it started was way stronger than the way that it ended. And Moon Knight's a bit of a weird character, anyways. I mean, it's a it's a story of a schizophrenic, in a way, who's got multiple personalities, and how those multiple personalities kind of come together in the end, which is odd. So yeah, I mean, the end was not as strong. Nowhere near as strong as the beginning was is kind of my take on it. Yeah, I they have not delivered a satisfying 
last episode, and this is the weirdest one because the sh- they seem to have everything in there. They seem to have all the um, I don't know what the why why I'm failing on saying what I'm trying to say, but they basically had every advantage here because they were going into last episode with a lot of cool stuff going on. Yeah. I thought the second to last episode was very interesting and very cool with how he sets up why the character, why the multiple personalities were created. Yeah. That was pretty good. And just that whole sequence, the asylum is just very interesting and very well done. And Oscar Isaac is just a force. Like the dude's mm-hmm. awesome. It's great. And, and then you get to this last episode and it's the shortest episode of all of them. It's like, well, yeah. why did you seemingly rush this when you could have taken your time? And that that's the unfortunate part. Overall, though, I still really liked it. You yeah. know, well, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, yeah. apparently they had a lot of issues because of COVID yeah. production. So they actually had to shift the story. And then the the climax, they could have made that better if COVID wasn't a thing. Yeah. Otherwise, like I thought that that was great. And I, I'd say of all the series, Hawkeye is probably my favorite of the bunch. Yeah. And that's funny because that's the one that I've not watched. But and, but that one is also the one that is probably, again, it's kind of around Christmas time. I know there's a bit of that theme. Yeah. But also, it's, it's, it's the most it's the consistent, one that's though. It's the one that probably has a story that's the easiest to contain as well. Because Moon yeah. Knight's a really ambitious story. Like really ambitious True. of that character. It's you know multiple personalities and how do these multiple personalities rectify themselves towards the end of tra- sort of telling the stories of why they exist. Like there's a lot of threads and then you got Egyptian. Like there's just a lot of stuff going on that you're trying to wrap up in a couple of episodes. When I'd argue this is something that you could tell over multiple seasons of a show like this, and that's the strange thing. It's hard to tell Marvel's direction. When obviously there was a big push to get a lot of television series for characters that probably wouldn't have done very well on a big screen, right? Like Moon Knight, I think, is a little abstract to put on a big screen for a movie. But these all play into the universe somehow, or at least people think they do. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with some of these films. Now that we're going to get kind of back to the films for some of the Marvel stuff of how all of these now side streams of television shows. I mean, they kind of did a little bit of this in Doctor Strange. With, well, with yeah, Wanda, the new Doctor Strange. Right? You have to watch WandaVision yes. to really yes. know what the hell is going on. Um, and now, actually, that's not true. But No, the, it's not true. But yeah, but you kind of have but to. But the, the, yeah. the evolution of Wanda, who's an enormous character in this thing, her entire motives are driven by what happened in that on series. The television show. Yeah. So yeah. if you were to go from just – if you were to just go from Endgame to this – You'd be like, uh, what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> yeah, but, um, it's gonna it's gonna happen with all these things, right? Like the She-Hulk yeah. trailer just came out, right? And oh, it's got similar, else. it's got similar themes of of stuff that's going on and from in like again, it's all tied together. And I do wonder at what point does Marvel start to sort of pull it in just because of fans maybe not taking as much to some of the television stuff, right? It's a little different. I would say Marvel really thrived on you have to go watch this movie. I think they like go, it. I think most been, of the fans like yeah. it until until the ending. They just can't stick yeah. a landing. That's the biggest yeah. problem. It's and it's tricky because I would say when you have a big climactic movie, it's easier to stick the landing because it's it's a thirty minute episode at the end of a movie versus a thirty minute episode that has to stand on its own as a television episode that you spend the last six weeks trying to get up to that. It's interesting. It's different. 
But yeah, right, I, I'm then. interested in what you think about the She-Hulk trailer. Again, I, I will preface this heavily by saying I will only say so much because I'm aware of all of this stuff. But yeah. I'm interested in your thoughts because She-Hulk, I think, was was maybe it's a tough character to pull off. I think on a television series, but I'm interested in your thoughts on it. I thought the trailer was funny. It was interesting. I I'm a little. I'm not too nervous. Nervous isn't the word because I don't care. I'll watch yeah. any of this shit. <laughs> um, it's like you got to watch it now. Um, but between the Miss Marvel and She-Hulk thing, I'm like, how much into camp are we going to go where yeah. it gets to corny territory? Because La- Lady Thor wanna... is going to is going to struggle with this as well. You'd, well, I that's okay because that's already predetermined characters, so I'm not too it worried is. about that. But I mean, um, and I also, I also little, know, yeah, I also know that Natalie Portman is is a beast, and she's going to crush anything she's in. So that'll be great. But um, in the case of these shows, it's like, please, please don't go into the you know, uh, like the early 2000s comic book tone or. CW like that's kind of the vibes I get from the Miss Marvel trailer. I'm like, this looks like some CW shit. <laughs> and same thing with She-Hulk where I'm like, uh, what are we doing here? So look, I understand the trailer was early. People are talking shit about the CG in that. Yeah. Uh, but I'm like, look, it's an early trailer. So who, uh, who knows what it's actually going to look like? And you would yeah. probably be the one to answer that, but you can't. And yeah. I, I, I'm not too worried about that. I'm just like, what is the tone of this going to be? How's it going to fit? I'm sure it'll work. The WandaVision is probably the proof concept where like they can go for something more abstract and different when they had the sitcom themes going and make it work. So I still trust Feige, trust the plan, trust the trust, the overall direction of where things are going, because even the worst misses still not without merit. And that's so I'm I'm being I'm being open minded. The She-Hulk thing was like, well, this is silly. And yes, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And look, and a lot of that is that camp is there because the idea of, uh, you know, of the Incredible Hulk in general, I would say from the early television shows was a little campy. Right. Like the Hulk is I know we've turned the Hulk into this serious, you know, again, very, you know, you know, talking about psychology and what makes Hulk and Bruce Banner sort of work together. I would say that, you know, that kind of started in camp. And so I think they're trying to get some of that back from a television series standpoint. The main thing that I noticed when watching the She-Hulk trailer is she's very green. <laughs> yes. That's just what I, that's the main thing I noticed. We're going like, yeah, in comparison to Ruffalo, she is like a nuclear green, which is just interesting. Because <laughs> normally you're just like, it's more like cartoonishly green versus, you know, skin pigment green so yeah it's just interesting it's obviously trying to differentiate between the two you know it's sort of talking about you know she hulk from a younger standpoint of how do you live your life as the hulk right like that's the camp of it but that's just the first thing i noticed being like wow she she comes across really green on this trailer (laughs) yeah yeah well overall um yeah i'm not like i said i'm i'm just gonna go in open mind and i'm not gonna be like this is, you know, this is, I'm not going in like, oh, they can't make a She-Hulk movie. Oh, it's not whatever. Or they can't yeah. make a She-Hulk show. Who gives a shit? They're fucking yeah, Why not? Like, why yeah, not? I'm all about it. You know, show me something different. I don't want the same thing over and over again. Yeah. 
Like, give me, give me some new characters. I'm just saying, like the way they're presenting this stuff, I'm like, okay, how camp is, are they going to go? And oftentimes you'll get that kind of misdirection with, with these trailers versus the actual product. Like I think other than the last Spider-Man movie, every trailer for those Spider-Man movies was pretty bad. And then the movies come out of the great. So cool. Not to worry about that. Yeah, and look, I All mean right. people judge people judge things on the way judging television shows on trailers is a tricky one, right? It's not a movie. Right. It's a it's a it's a lot of but again, like She Hulk attorney at law. Like you immediately see that and go, Ugh, what are we doing? And you know, people have their own sort of you know, she's going on dates and it's it's campy. <laughs> so we'll see yeah. how it goes. Again, like I think I think people will give it a ch- and again at this point, I think you have to sort of you gotta give Marvel the benefit of the doubt that they're gonna make something I'm saying, entertaining. Yeah. You have mm-hmm. to. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right. So then quickly I'll go through some of these games I've gone through because it's been a while. Um played through Shadow Warrior Three. Sano's gonna play that. That's the first person shooter. Third one in a series of uh, revival of a classic game from the 90s, Borderline Racist. Um, <laughs> very silly, funny game. Uh, this game is basically like Doom Eternal slash Doom 2016, super light. And had a good time. In and out, done in like six hours or so. Not too difficult. Silly story. Has almost no continuity from the last game, which is kind of disappointing. But overall, enjoyed it. We'll see if they make a Shadow Warrior 4. I'll play it. If they do, why not? Played a game called Arise, a simple story, which is, I actually played that through in one sitting. The whole thing is like two hours. This game is very cool. It's like uh, you're playing as this kind of Viking dude who's, uh, you start off the game and he's basically being killed and he's like, they're, it's basically his funeral and he's living out all the memories of like key points from his life. So, the game is you is like a platformer as you progress through these scenes throughout his life. And there's this mechanic where you move back and forward time. So each level there's like 10 levels. Each one has this kind of different gimmick as you move things forward and back. I played this on Xbox, but it's on switch. It's on everything. And it's uh, it was pretty cool. The music was great. Presentation was great. Very sad at times, happy in others. And uh, I thought it was just very well done. Very, uh, very cool, unique, very indie, hmm. but enjoyable yeah cool i'm watching the trailer now looks all right yeah then i played through this is the most ridiculous title of a game you'll hear turnip boy commits tax evasion (laughs) okay this is also a game that's about two hours long and it is as explicit as a game's description can as a game's title could be you play as turnip boy who is in basically a turnip come to life And the first thing you do is you get a big tax statement, you rip it up, and then you have been told you committed tax evasion and you have to find a way to, I guess, pay off your debt or something. There's this ridiculous, this game is one of the most twisted dark games. Like this is adult swim style Mm. dark humor at times. Like you're in this whole village of, um, of vegetables brought to life. So there's and vegetables and fruits. So you're like talking to blueberries and tomatoes and all these various other things. And there is just some crazy shit that happens in this game. And the way you get all these collectibles is everything you collect, you rip it in half. So that's why like you look at your tax statement and it's like you only have two options, read 
and um and rip and then you so you just like rip it right down the middle so you'll do a side quest someone's like hey look at this cute picture i drew and then you get it and then you just rip it in half and then that's you completing the quest and then all the achievements you get or trophies are all like telling you how big of an asshole you are for ripping these <laughs> like just doing all this stuff and the and the story goes places like this is a really interesting and dark places um is it worth a play? Yeah, probably. If you're looking for something silly to do over the course of like two to three hours, if you're going to hundred percent it, which I did, it's super easy to do. And it's on game pass. So I played it there. Uh, Turtle boy commits tax evasion. There you go. <laughs> um, currently playing. I started Archvale on switch. This game's just awesome. This is a, um, it's a term. It's a uh, bullet hell RPG and it's great. It's just great. I, there's not really much else I can say that you get things like wands and um, hmm. and swords and crossbows, yep, but I'm they all like it. a little bit of projectile. Cool. Cool. It's awesome. And then it, there's some issues. The the UX is problematic in that it's not really that easy to do anything. But when you're actually playing the game, it's awesome. Like you can't sell anything, but you could dispose of things. You can't you can equip things, but you can't. There's no easy way to compare the things you're equipped when you're crafting stuff. The way the venues bounce around is insane. It's like there's some cumbersome stuff, but that's the only thing I could say because when you're actually playing the game, this thing is so much fun. It's so cool. It's very unique. It's a it's an interesting mashing of genres that really works. So I highly recommend this one as well. There's some difficulty spikes, but similarly to what everybody says about Elden Ring, it's like, oh, you're going over here. You find yourself, things are too hard. Then you go somewhere else. And then that's actually where you're supposed to be to progress. So that stuff's very cool. And then the last nope. thing I'm playing, which needs to be brought up. I started playing Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, look at you. 2020s Cyberpunk 2077, a game that I bought for Xbox day one. Well, it's because it was the third game in my uh, target buy to get one free when I got my Xbox. It mm. was uh, I picked up that alongside Assassin's Creed Valhalla and Yakuza Like a Dragon, which I played the shit out of both of those loved them so i consider cyberpunk to be the free one of that mix and it took me 18 months to finally get back to to get to play this thing and because they released the update for series x and i was like okay well let's let's jump in let's give it a shot i love this game i love it this thing is awesome i can't stop playing it and i'm doing side quests i'm like talking to keanu underrated (laughs) is key uh, understated i'll say i think with all the shit that got that um and, and rightfully earned i'll say they um well, they definitely shipped buggy, a product that right was like there was technical hell. problems yeah on pc it seemed to do all right but on consoles it was a mess especially like ps4 it was like unplayable it looked like shit and and they sony pulled it off the store but i think the only reason they pulled it off the store was because they said yeah sony will give you a refund for it and that wasn't true that's Honestly, I think the only reason why Sony pulled it off, I don't think it was because the game was buggy. There are a lot of buggy games on PlayStation that they don't remove. So that's where I stand. But the game in its current form, at least if you're playing on a Series X or a One X or a PS5 or PC, is awesome. This game is great. It's really good. The world is awesome. Yeah, there's still some bugs, whatever. Um, But like any other open world game, there's going to be some bugs. It's nothing that a quick load won't fix. And I'm just having a blast. And I was saying Keanu Reeves, like he's in this game and I keep forgetting that he's in this game when I started playing and he shows up about, I don't know, a few hours in and he is then like seriously a main 
character in this story. Like, I don't think anybody has more lines of dialogue other than the main character than Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves would have more. Like, he is literally the one of the central characters of this game. And his performance is awesome. Like, Keanu is great. It's like one of his best performances in a thing. I thought it was, I'm like digging it. Because I think of Keanu, like, kind of campy, kind of cordy. And here he's actually playing this kind of serious character. But he owns it. He commits so hard. The character model is obviously him. And yes, looks like it's him. great. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so he plays Johnny Silverhand, which is an incredible character name, <laughs> and it's perfect for Keanu Reeves. So yeah, this game is awesome. It's a uh, first-person open-world RPG. Um, the stealth has been solid. That gives me kind of those Deus Ex vibes that I was hoping for going in, although nothing else about this gives me the Deus Ex vibes I was hoping for. Um, it's kind of its own unique beast. It's more like if um, something like Fallout took place in a city, I guess, but you're there's not a lot of loot. The, the loot's more of a simple system. Uh, the character creator is super weird as the first thing you do is you choose, uh, as you're like choosing your gender, your voice, and you're modifying your character, you can, uh, there is actually an option to customize your genitalia. There you go. Yeah, you can choose uh, if you want a circumcised or uncircumcised dick and how big it is. Or you could have a vagina or you could have none. That is a thing that they give you a choice of. And I'm telling you, there are 3D. There is though all those options are rendered in this game and you see it. Yep. (laughs) And uh, yeah, this game goes for it in a lot of places. So I respect it. Uh, It sucks the way the game came out. Sure. But playing it now for the first time, I said, I'm going to wait until this patch comes out. I did. I'm happy I did. I'm enjoying the hell out of it. I wish more people have played it so I could talk about it with them and some of the choices you make because there's they give you like a lot of these interesting decisions to make with characters and um, and certain events. So, yeah, Cyberpunk 2077. It works. It's fun. It's cool. Keanu's great. I'd say I can actually recommend people play this game. I'm having a cool. blast. Right. And if you don't, shut up. I don't care. The game's great. Cool. That's it, man. That's the end of my list. Um, Yeah, well, look, let's let's wrap it up there. (laughs) Yeah, I got to go play some hockey. So, yeah, he's abroad.com. Russian bots, please stop posting comments. It's driving me crazy with flooding my inbox. So I'm going to ask John to try to help me remove that functionality from the site. So I stop getting spammed by Russian bots. Okay. And (laughs) yeah, for everybody who's not a Russian bot, you can go to the website. You see the links. To subscribe, we'll try to make these a little more often. We'll we'll try to steer clear of the three to four week hiatuses. But who knows, man? We got lives. We got things to do. We got to be hungover sometimes. Okay, <laughs> deal with it. Till next time, this podcast is over. <laughs>